News you can use. Connecting faith to life. It's Austin Hill in the morning. It's now 10 minutes past the hour from the Faith Radio Network. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a supporter of ours. If you haven't come on board our support team, join us at MyFaithRadio.com. Always need your your support, and we are grateful for it. MyFaithRadio.com. Bill English is an entrepreneur. He publishes BibleAndBusiness.com. Um, a lot of people don't know this, and I, now is an appropriate time to uh, remind you of this. Bill is also a licensed clinical psychologist. And with your counseling and psychology background in mind, let me start with this. What happens emotionally and psychologically to a person when they uh, get cut off and, and lose a job? You know, it's a lot. It, it really depends on, on how they lost it. But for the most part, people are going to go through a similar grief process of losing their job as they do if they lose a loved one or a pet or something like that. So they're going to go through anger and denial and the other stages of grief, you know, the Kubler-Ross uh, stages there. So <clears throat> emotionally... They're going to be uh, kind of out there. They're, they, at points, they're going to be very raw, and at other points, they're going to be very withdrawn, and at other points, they're going to be um, almost hypermanic in terms of looking for new work, or they might be full of worry, all kinds of emotions. I think the thing to count on when you're talking to somebody who's just lost their job is that their emotions are going to be swiftly changing, and they're going to be all over the board. It is the minority of the people who are going great. I lost my job. Woohoo! You know, mm-hmm. uh, there, there's, there's not a lot of people like that. You'll bump into a few of them, but uh, for the most part, the emotions will be all over the board. And so, how shall those of us surrounding that individual best respond to them? You, you, the best thing to do when somebody's experiencing strong emotion, irrespective of the situation, but especially in something like this, is to listen. And this is a basic listening skill that we learned in grad school. You listen, and then you just kind of echo back what they're saying so that they know that they were heard. Mm-hmm. Probably more than anything else, people under high stress and high emotion just need to know that somebody heard them. They don't necessarily need somebody to give them solutions to their problems. Don't necessarily need a fix, just uh, affirm that you're, you're understanding me is, is what you're saying. Yeah, understand me and, and, and affirm that my emotions are legit and that they're real and that what I'm feeling is okay. Yeah. Bill English with BibleInBusiness.com in the studio here on the Austin Hill in the Morning program. Okay, so the, the individual who has lost their job, they have uh, presumably been cut off from their, their livelihood, at least even if there's a, a, some sort of severance deal involved. They eventually will uh, be making and bringing in less money than they were before. That's an anxiety-provoking kind of thing. Uh, we want to affirm them in their, their horror and their uh, uh, fear and, and affirm that their feelings are real. But then we hope that that person moves to a more productive place. What does that look like? Well, <clears throat> it's a full-time job looking for a full-time job. That's kind of a common phrase. Okay. So what this person needs to move to swiftly is networking, getting out and meeting people and networking. The best jobs that you're going to find are the jobs that are never advertised. Uh, the best jobs that you're going to find are the jobs where somebody, uh, an, an employer connects a growing need that they have with your skill set, and they say, hey, how about if we create a position for you? That's mm-hmm. usually one of the best ways to find a job. So, so what you want to do is to network, network, network. 
meet as many people as you can, ask for as many referrals to other people as you can, and do everything uh, in your power to be meeting with five, six people a day in an effort to, to find work. You will eventually bump into work. Uh, I think the the rule of thumb is for every ten to ten thousand dollars of salary that you want, you should count on a month of networking. So if you're looking for, maybe it might be fifteen thousand dollars, but uh, for every um, say fifteen thousand dollars, if you want to make a hundred thousand a year, you're probably going to network for three or four months hmm. before you wow. start to bump into something. All right. So how does we're talking here about the person in in the third person, the person who has lost their job? How do those of us who are maybe married to somebody in this situation, or a close friend or family member, uh, we want to be helpful and supportive, but we can't make that person get out and network and meet others? How best do we come alongside uh, while at the same time maintaining appropriate boundaries and? Letting the uh, the unemployed person uh, do what they're going to do. Let them make their own choices. You know, I had a, I have a couple friend who went through this where the husband lost his job. This is several years ago, and mm-hmm. he went into a depression and just didn't do anything for about a year. And it cost them their house. It cost them all of their wealth and everything that they had. Somehow they stayed married, <clears throat> and so. I would just suggest that if you're the spouse of somebody who is unemployed and isn't looking for work, uh, you need to assess that situation and see if you can get some other people around them to say, hey, uh, you know, you've got to go out and and find some work, and I'm going to go find some work, and we're just going to make the best of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it's a severe situation, Austin, then you may want to take more of an intervention approach. Okay. Well, let's talk more about intervening and uh, talk about some of the good opportunities that can emerge when somebody does lose their job. Bill English, publisher of BibleandBusiness.com. You can find him there. Some great resources, great insight at BibleandBusiness.com. We'll continue with Bill in just a moment. 16 past the hour from the Faith Radio Network. I'm Austin Hill. Good morning. It's now 18 past the hour from the Faith Radio Network. Bill English, publisher of BibleandBusiness.com, customarily with us on Wednesdays. He's in studio as we talk about uh, the opportunities that can open up for a person who loses their job. Uh, Bill, I've I've been going out of my way here, and I think you have too. I I don't want to uh, uh, under estimates and downplay the significance of the uh, the fear and the anxiety and the pain that people suffer when a job loss occurs. But I've seen this in my own life. I've seen it with lots of other people. When, um, when you lose a job, all of a sudden you're open up to all kinds of new opportunities that you may not have been open to, uh, either by choice or by circumstance, had you not been removed from the position. Tell us about that as, as you've experienced that and observed that in others. You know, it's real interesting that um, when God brings adversity into your life, he also brings opportunity into your life. And so one of the things that I suggest when people lose their jobs is that they take a step back and and look at the structures of their life. Look at what they want to keep in terms of major structures of their life over the last 10 years. What do they want to keep in the next 10 years? But look at some things that they would like to change and use this as, a, as an opportunity to make those changes mm-hmm. that they really would like to make. And I think this involves getting on your knees and going before God and saying, 
you know, I have X number of years left. So if this was uh, me here, I would say to God, I'm 54. I probably have 25 to 30 years left on this earth. What would you like me to invest my remaining time in? And then let God direct me either into starting a new business or perhaps finding another uh, job or maybe just joining a, a, some kind of a ministry, a parachurch ministry. Or, mm-hmm. or, you know, for myself, I have a seminary degree, so maybe going into the pastorate, something like that. So it, it's a golden opportunity to reconnect with the Lord and say, Lord, what do you have for me moving forward? Yeah. I heard a pastor once describe this process, uh, the pastor of a church that I was attending many, many years ago, and he really made it out to be sort of a supernatural spiritual phenomenon, and he uh, <laughs> explained this scripturally. He said, you know, when, when you are released from a position, whether you're terminated, it's a layoff, you quit, what have you, when the, the binds, that the ties that bind you between uh, you and your employer, when those are severed, uh, that really does open you up spiritually and otherwise to potentially very, very good things. Talk about that from a spiritual perspective as you understand it and as, as you've observed it, Bill. Uh, you know, in my own life, <clears throat> as you know, I sold Mindsharp last fall, and I've been in the process of, of starting another couple businesses. But in the meantime, I've taken on some part-time employment. And uh, I, I can tell you that there's, there was an intervening time there where spiritually it just drove me to my knees. And it drove me closer to God than I've ever been before because I didn't have the security of a job. Mm-hmm. I only had Jesus Christ to rely on for the income that was coming in. I wasn't getting a regular paycheck. And uh, there is something enviable about having to rely only on God for your income. And I have learned that a regular paycheck is not as reliable as God. Mm-hmm. And so there is something there is something to be said for just saying to the Lord, you know, you are my substance and you are my hope and my hope is completely in you and I will just trust you for the income that's going to come in. Now, when you say uh, a paycheck is not as reliable as our God, there's uh, a lot of us who would nod our heads and say, yes, in my mind, I know that's true. I know that's a matter of fact. That is a, you know, that speaks to an essential tenet, an article of faith, so to speak. But knowing it in one's heart, in one's gut, in one's soul, having experienced that, um, that's something very different. Knowing it in an experiential way is different than just knowing it because it's in print. <laughs> tell, tell us more about that, the, the significance of the experience, so to speak. You know, the significance is, is that you learn to look at a job and you learn to hold it with an open hand, just like you and I have talked about business owners holding their businesses with an open hand before the Lord. You also realize that God can move you at any time. In the larger scheme of things, when God is the HR director of our lives, the regular paycheck just doesn't matter because what really matters is making sure that we are fulfilling his purposes for our lives here. Don't ever put, for everybody who's listening, don't ever put your faith in money or in paychecks or employers or your 401k or anything else. The only place where you should put your trust is Jesus Christ. He is more reliable than any other financial structures you could ever put together on this earth. 
Mm-hmm. Bill English, BibleInBusiness.com. That's his publication. He's in studio with this. Final question. Speak to the uh, uh, to your own generation, I guess, the baby boom generation, and even those uh, ahead of you who are perhaps looking at uh, their, their retirement years or lack of retirement uh, resources, and uh, maybe a job has come to an end. Maybe they fear losing a job and never getting hired again, uh, but needing to work more and generate income further. You cited some interesting statistics uh, to me recently about the percentage of people who get fired from a job and then go on to start their own business. Boomers are especially finding the need to do that. Talk about that if you would. Yeah, 30% of those who lose their job end up starting their own business and being more successful in that business than financially than they ever were uh, working for somebody else. So uh, there's a great opportunity there. For those in our generation, Austin, you and I are only a couple years apart here, we need to let our generation know that this retirement thing is just not biblical and it's not something that we should be striving for. Instead, we should be <clears throat> increasing the number of things that we can do throughout life so that we can uh, make the most of our experiences and our opportunities uh, for those who are young, and we can serve the Lord well into our 70s, if not our 80s, uh, with work. Work is a gift from God, and we should not shy away from it through retirement. Mm-hmm. Well stated. As always, Bill English, his publication, BibleAndBusiness.com. Find him online there. You can connect with him online if you have follow-up questions and need answers. Bill, insightful as always. Thanks for taking on this this subject, which uh, oftentimes is regarded as uh, very uncomfortable and awkward and almost taboo in some minds. Uh, But uh, you help us make sense of it. We appreciate you very much. You bet. Appreciate you too, Austin. Take care. Good to be with you. 26 past the hour from the Faith Radio Network. Still to come, should the church weigh in and have anything to say? Is there anything for the church to do in the midst of social upheaval and civil unrest in America? We'll talk about it coming up. This is the Austin Hill in the Morning program from Faith Radio.